Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm really excited about our guest today. We've got a very special guest with us today, uh, Tyler Camp. He is the Chief of Staff to the President at Itawama Community College here in North Mississippi. But more important than that, Tyler is a multiple people choice, people choice, (laughs) friendliest person in Itawamba County. (laughs) Tyler, welcome to Principles, man. I'm glad to be with you, Corey. Yeah, well, Tyler, uh, like I said, um, you have been voted friendliest person in Itawama County, and and that's voted on by the people, man. That's uh, multiple times, and that's that that really is a testament to your personality and your character. And um, I know from meeting you that they they chose the right person. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, like I said, you are the chief of staff. But how did you get into that position? Give us a little bit of your background. Well, Corey, um, you know, I guess it. I'll go back to graduating from high school, growing up in Mantachi. Um, it's one of those things that you never think at that time that you're going to leave Mantachi. Um, that most people that grow up in Mantachi, you stay in Mantachi. Um, so graduated, went to ICC, um, had made up my mind that I wanted to do that no matter what to get my uh, to get my associates there first. So went to ICC, became extremely involved, um, had an on-campus job working in the academic dean's office. Um, so I was able to see leadership firsthand and work with the administration as a student. Um, then my sophomore year, ran for student body president, um, became student body president, and was able to serve on committees um, to help make decisions from the student level, representing all the students at the college um, with the administration there at ICC. So that's where my love for ICC first started. Um, we brand ourselves now as a family, and it was a family then, and we're still a family. So left ICC, um, went to D.C. to uh, intern um, between transferring from ICC to Mississippi State. So did that for the summer, uh, worked in Senator Roger Wicker's office. Um, at that moment is whenever I caught Potomac fever, as they like to call it. Um, so fell in love with the city. I also fell in love with politics. Um, so came back from D.C., went to Mississippi State. Um, again, I had made up my mind that I was not going to be involved at Mississippi State. I was going to school at State. I was going to get my degree in communications, emphasis um, in public relations, and do a minor in political science. Um, little did I know that the Lord's plan was a little bit different than my personal plan. So got to Mississippi State, um, met some really great people, uh, landed a job in Amy Tuck's office, former lieutenant governor for the state. She was a vice president at Mississippi State at that time. So I was working in the president's office. Um, for her basically as a student special assistant uh, she gave me opportunities that uh, I think a full-time employee was not even getting those opportunities Um, so that was an amazing chance to be able to see again firsthand that leadership um, component uh, of transitioning to more of a a corporate world and um, those leadership uh, qualities firsthand so 
I said that I was not going to be involved, I ended up being involved. Um, I was again in student government at Mississippi State on student association. Um, it was a, an appointed position. So the student government association president appointed me um, to be his chief administrative officer. So I was the liaison between the student government association and again, the administration. So um, at that moment, again, I saw the, how much I enjoyed being that liaison. I enjoyed being um, at the table. Um, so that's, again, one of those times where I, I just had the opportunity to, um, to lead and to help put my leadership skills uh, firsthand. So I guess I finished at Mississippi State, um, kind of went on a whirlwind from there, left Mississippi State. Uh, Amy Tuck hired me on full-time in the president's office at Mississippi State, um, worked there for roughly six months before um, hearing about a job opening in alumni foundation work at ICC, um, applied for it, interviewed for it, got it, um, did that for roughly two and a half. Thought that I was not at a good place at that time um, professionally. Uh, I thought that I wanted change. Um, it just did not feel right at that moment. Um, professionally. So got a call one Friday um, from a local bank president that said, hey, we, we want you to come and um, join us at the bank. And okay, well, what, what would you like for me to be doing? And well, we, we need a lender, a commercial and consumer lender. That's not anything that I had ever considered doing. Um, math was not a strong suit. Now I can talk to anyone, but math is not a strong suit of mine. And so it's fine. I went and talked to them, ended up talking to their HR director the next week and God opened that door. And again, it was not my plan, but it was his plan. So uh, did that um, for roughly 14 months, uh, enjoyed it, but realized that a routine schedule is not something that I enjoy. Um, I enjoy something new every day. So in the meantime, before I was transitioning to the, to the bank position, uh, ICC got a new president, Dr. Jay Allen. Um, so he was coming in from a, a, a college in Kentucky. So he was new to the area. Um, now he grew up in Mississippi, but in South Mississippi. Um, but he's a product of the community college system. He's worked in it for years. Um, so his family came into the community and um, through the bank and my previous role at ICC, I was able to really connect with Dr. Allen and um, his family and help welcome them to the community and go back to ICC to help with some things just because of my previous involvement there. So um, Fast forward a few months later and a job opening came up, special assistant to the president um, at ICC, working with Dr. Allen. Um, I applied for it. Uh, who knew? You know, I, I did not even consider myself as being a qualified candidate. Just um, solely because of my age, more so. Um, at the time I was 26, I guess. Um, 
and got an interview, went to the interview. It was two and a half hours. The interview was, it was with the full administration, the full cabinet at the college. Um, it felt like an interrogation. Um, but it, uh, I walked away from it. Uh, I left, called my mom whenever I got in my vehicle and said, not going to get it. That's not, it's not going to happen. Um, she's like, well, if it's the Lord's plan, it's going to happen. So sure enough, three weeks later, um, I got a call and was offered the position. So I was offered the position of special assistant to the president. I was in that role for roughly a year and a half. Um, and now I've been roughly promoted to uh, chief of staff and special assistant to the president. So um, a lot of people say, what is that? What, what exactly do you do? Um, it's everything from legislative work. So all of the legislative correspondence from the college um, to uh, either the state or national level. Um, my, that basically I handle most of that. Um, Dr. Allen is the chair of the statewide workforce committee for the community colleges. So we do a lot of work on the statewide level for workforce development in the state. Um, I do everything from strategic scheduling to annual planning to uh, event planning for the president's office to speech writing for the president to um, board correspondence to everyday correspondence to it is a and oh and now in this new role i'm over uh the marketing community relations department for the college so marketing um graphic design sports information communication media relations um so yeah it's, it's a lot it's, it's a whole lot but um whenever i said earlier that i do not like a routine day to day um this job day to day there is nothing that is the same um it is constantly changing there is something new every day it keeps you on your toes and i think that's why i had always heard that whenever you find the job that you love um you'll never feel like you work a day in your life and at this point um i mean i'm 28 now I'm still young, but I truly feel like I'm in a role that I don't feel like I'm working every day um, because I enjoy it that much. Um, and I also am to the point now in life to where I can plan all I want to. I can make as many plans as I want to, but the Lord's plans are so much bigger than ours. And we can have a timeline as much as we want to have, um, but his timing is more perfect than ours. So it took me 28 years to figure that out, but I'm finally here. Hey, you know what? There are some people that are, that are like 50 and 60 and haven't figured that out yet. So it's a good thing you figured it out early, man. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's awesome. Our, <clears throat> our six-year-old daughter, which she would say, man, he's preaching now. He's preaching now. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff, man. It, it, a couple of things, a lot of things that you said jumped out at me. And one is that it is amazing how, our plans may be one thing, but man, God's plan is so much bigger and he has something else planned. And uh, right. it's amazing to me, even at ICC, like you were saying, community college, when you first started out, all the way through D.C. to Mississippi State to where you are now, you've been around some pretty amazing leaders, you know, some, I mean, high level leaders and I'll, I'll tell you, um, Tyler, one of my core beliefs is that 
we are truly in need of more leaders, leaders with a, you know, a pure conscience, a pure heart that are full of faith to be pursuing high levels of leadership because people in a high level of leadership and, in, and influence, those are the people that shape culture. They shape businesses. They shape communities and, and colleges too, right? And we need leaders who have the pure heart, pure motives, and all those kind of things. And man, you're, you're that, man. Uh, you're, you have that. And um, I'm curious to, to know, though, uh, you've been around some high-level leaders. What are some things that have stuck out to you that those, maybe some habits of the high-level leaders or some... Um, you know, just some wisdom that you've picked up from the leaders you've been around? Well, Corey, I think first and foremost, it's important in leadership to be reminded that as a leader, you're, one of your largest jobs is going to be um, understanding people and understanding that different, that everyone um, reacts differently to situations. Everyone, um, they work differently. Um, they interact with others differently. So it's really about understanding individuals. And so that is one thing that I've been able to learn from all of the past leaders that I've worked with is watching them interact with others and how they're able to um, say whether it's in a negotiation um, scenario to where how they're able to lay out their, their side of the story and um, listen to the other individual and then come back and, and compromise and the art of compromising. And so that is one thing is being able to, to, to see how leaders that I've worked for in the past to see how they're able to interact with others. Um, secondly, I've been able to also see the importance of being a good listener. Um, you know, it, it, I have worked for leaders that were not so good at, at listening to others. Um, but that is the thing, whenever you're, you're working for other leaders, you're going to pick up on traits that either A, you want to continue um, and you want to also include in your leadership styles or B, you, you, you understand that you don't want to lead that way. And again, it's all part of God's plan because he sent you down that journey so that you could learn those opportunities or could take those pieces away from those opportunities. So um, being a good listener, I realize more and more every day that sometimes an individual, they just want to be heard. Um, and they know that you're in that leadership role and they just want, they just want to be heard. Um, they want that person that's in that seat to be able to hear them. So um I, I guess that's one of the other that I have worked for some great leaders that that are amazing listeners. Um, I go back to whenever I worked for Amy Tuck, former lieutenant governor. She used to get phone calls and she she would laugh to hear me say this. Um, she used to get phone calls in the office and I would ask who it was. They would tell me who they were and they'd say, yes, I'm her cousin. And we, I would say, okay, well, I'll take a message and we'll have her call you back. We'll take it to Miss um, Tuck and <laughs> she would laugh and say, they're not my cousin. However, we're going to call them back and um, we will make them feel as if they are my cousin because that is truly um, all that they, they just, they feel like they're part of the family. She has created that culture from people that she surrounds herself with is that they are, they're heard they're part of a family that she's listening 
And so ultimately that is that that is the culture that she had created and surrounded herself with. And that is the table that the people that she was bringing to the table. So um, uh, it's just, it's kind of funny. I still now joke some with our assistant in the office that um, was it, are they related? Are they related to me or <laughs> so? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's being a good listener. It's so, so important. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, we, <clears throat> We talk a lot about, you know, leadership. Uh, a lot of people know how to communicate, but they don't know how to connect. Not many know how That's to right. connect. And, and exactly what you're saying is that that listening. And I love what you said about the culture she created because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things people may forget what you say or what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And I, I just That's love right. what you said that she said, well, we're going to make them feel like they're mm-hmm. my cousin. Man, that's awesome. You know, and that's right. Uh, that is real leadership. A quick story that came to my mind when you were talking about that is I heard the story about um, this journalist over in in Britain. And it was a time where Tony Blair and uh, another guy were running for prime minister over there, right? And the journalist, she sat down with the the first guy one night and, um, and, and she met with Tony Blair the next night and uh, somebody asked her, said, how did it go with the first guy? And she said, wow, that guy, you know, he was he was incredible. It was awesome to talk to. When I left, I thought he was the smartest person I'd ever met, right? She meets with Tony Blair the next night and somebody asked, well, how did that go? And she said, you know, it was incredible. And when I left, I thought I was the smartest and most valuable person in the world, right? And that's what leaders do. They make Mm -hmm. other people feel important, right? And I think that's That's awesome. Well, I, I, I go back to whenever I was working for Amy, doing a lot of her speeches, writing a lot of her speeches, we had a file to where we kept um, motivational quotes or quotes that she would come come across whenever she was reading or say she was at an event and she heard someone else say it. Um, and so we would keep all those quotes in that file and pull those four different speeches that she would give. We would incorporate those quotes. And there's one particular quote that still to this day I use even whenever writing for Dr. Allen um, people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, and that is so true. And uh, it's something that we all ultimately, we're all leaders in our own way. Um, while some may not be in the, in the president, vice president, um, upper administration role, somebody is always looking up to you and that defines you as a leader. And so with that, um, if you truly live by that, that values of um, people not knowing how much you care and or not knowing how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, truly, that's that that's what's important. Mm, that's good. So uh, I really like that. Um, so, Tyler, you know, our, our our podcast here is called Principles. And the reason we call that is, uh, you know, there, there are some core values that we live by and and and. A lot of times, if you don't know what your core values are, it makes decision-making a little bit difficult. But when you know what you value and what your core values are, one, it makes decision-making a little bit easier and and those kind of things. I would love to know what are some principles that you live by or some core values that you try to stand stand by? Um, Well, Corey, I guess uh, ultimately um, the golden rule, treat others as you would want to be treated ultimately i can remember whenever 
my grandmother, um, who was a role model of mine, um, whenever she was, uh, she was on hospice through her last few days of her life. Um, that was one of the things that she said was that living by the golden rule and how important that was. And, um, there's so many opportunities to where we feel like living by that golden rule. Um, it's not easy. We're put in situations where it's not easy. Um, but at the end of the day, we need to be reminded going back to one of the first things that I said about understanding others and, um, conflict resolution is, is a, one of those, uh, traits that I guess you could say that I enjoy. Um, I thrive in conflict resolution. Um, and so it's easier for me to be able to make it through those situations. Um, whereas I have to remember that not everyone, not everyone thrives in those situations. So, um, also another big trait of mine is trust. Um, you have to create again, a culture of, um, individuals around you that trust you. Um, because if you're not trusted, um, they, they're, you're not going to want to be brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Allen says all the time, be wanted at the table, um, make them want you at the table. Um, once you're at the table, then you have a voice. Um, you have a voice before then. However, your voice is so much stronger whenever you're sitting at that table and the way to get to that table is to use all of the, your leadership journey, your, your journey of coming up through the ranks or your different experiences. Um, that's what helps mold you into the individual that you are and the leader that you are becoming. So, um, also another trait of mine is never, uh, be afraid to a say no. Um, I, that's hard for me, Corey, you probably, um, we've worked on committees together, um, in Mantachi and in North Mississippi. Uh, it, it took me a really long time to, to be okay with saying no. Um, but because used to, all I would say was yes. Do you want to be on this committee? Yes. That sounds great. Will you serve as president of this committee or chair of this committee? Yes. That sounds great. Um, I did not realize until I, my plate got really full, the art and the importance of saying no, and it's okay. It's okay to say no. And the reason it is, is because there's other individuals out there that they can step up to the plate. It gives them an opportunity to step up to the plate. And, um, you can always be in the background helping and you can help move that agenda forward and help on that committee, but you do not have to always say yes to, um, to, to, to be a, being on a committee or to be, um, the main one out there, it's okay to sometimes take a back seat. So, um, but I guess some of those, some of that kind of covers, um, my, my traits trustworthy. That's, that's just the biggest, a big part of, um, uh, I guess a lot of the ones that I surround myself with, they would tell you that if they tell me something, a it's incompetence, um, that it, confidentiality is huge. Um, and again, that's a, a small component of, of being trustworthy. Yeah. Well, that lesson of saying no, man, that is a tough for me too. Oh, 
my wife, it's easy for her, but uh, <laughs> for me, I'm 35. I'm still learning that lesson. But, you know, oh, one of the, like going along with what you said right there is, um, man, I, I relate to you a lot because, uh, you know, I love people too, right? Just like mm-hmm. you. And uh, you don't want to let people down is what you think. But every time you say yes to something, that means you are in, you know, you're saying no to something else without saying it. You, I try. You say yes I to try. Something, you're saying no to something else. But I love the quote that you said there that Dr. Allen talks about is be wanted at the table, man. And I think about, um, you know, the wisdom in Proverbs right there where it talks about don't go, don't go to the head of the table. You be invited to the head of the table, you know, and then try it. Uh, when you were talking about trust, there's a book out that is really good. It talks about the speed of trust. It's, uh, several years old by Covey, but he talks about in businesses and in teams and organizations or whatever, that that business and that team is going to grow at the speed of trust. If there's mm-hmm. high trust, then a team can be very flexible and, and we'll kind of get into this here in just a second. But you think about what we're going through at the time of this recording with the coronavirus, you guys are, you, you've gone into a different era. There's never been anything like this. And if there's low trust, the flexibility and the, and the attempting to do things is be it's very difficult. But when there's high trust, people buy into that, and there's a lot of flexibility right. there. So that's right. And I, I I'll say that. one one way on that. Just you brought up coronavirus and COVID nineteen. Um, it's such a hot topic with uh, us in higher education now. Just to continue um, what what our jobs are and what we're here to do and serve our communities and. One way that we had been able to, so this all started March the 13th. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Um, It's whenever it really uh, started becoming a hot topic in Mississippi and here locally. And um, Dr. Allen called me one night. It was on the 13th and called me at, it was roughly nine o'clock at night. We stayed on the phone till um, well past midnight, just talking through what is about to happen. nobody knew nobody knew what was to come um there was so much uncertainty um and as a leader i think it's good to be reminded that it's okay to not have a plan the whole time it is okay to admit that we don't know yeah we don't know what it's going to look like we do not know what tomorrow is going to bring um, but at the end of the day, it's all about being committed and we are committed to making it through it. Um, we are going to also communicate over communicate um, with what's going on, um, the decisions that we are being made at the administrative level, uh, the impacts that this could have um, from the from the beginning of COVID-19 at the, at the college. We communication was key and um, over communication was key. Um, And the reason I say that is we wanted to make sure that all of the employees were aware of the discussions that were happening, um, the impacts that could come, um, whether that be on the budget side of things, whether that be on enrollment, whether that be on transitioning to fully online. Um, Whenever I say uh, be wanted at the table, a lot of times in leadership roles, you are at the table because of your role. Um, Dr. Allen will remind our leadership team often that you're at this table because 
you you have the role that you have that you are hired in but at the end of the day forget that be at the table because you're wanted at the table that's where he comes back with that be wanted at the table um and unfortunately around the world it's the same case a lot of people are at that table because of the roles that they have um but even at a small local committee it's so important to to create that network and create that trust and create that open line of communication and um over communicate and create that that connection to be able to be wanted at the table and that's one thing that i feel like we have done throughout COVID 19 at, at the college is be able to include as many people as possible in the de decision making um dr allen uh asked for a COVID 19 reopening task force to be created um throughout the i guess the middle of the pandemic um so we did we included uh, administration we included faculty we included staff we included um, students we included um, both your your regular student your 18 to 21 year old student but we also included some adult learners um, because we also know that this could impact those individuals as well that are trying to come back and get an education um, at ICC so um, we tried to incorporate as many people as we could at that table to make decisions that were going to impact the masses. And um, those people were wanted at the table because we cared about what they had to say and we cared about their feelings and um, the impact that COVID-19 could have on, the, on them, um, both on the educational side of, of the world, but also on them personally. So um, we were also able to through relationships. I've not had the opportunity to really talk about that, but the, the importance of um, creating bonds and relationships and networks with people. You, you mentioned um, getting to work, beginning to work with so many um, neat people throughout the years, throughout my journey. Um, well, I have a Rolodex, my, my phone uh, uh, address book, I think I have roughly 2,000 phone numbers in my phone address book, and it's because it's all individuals that I've been able to connect with through my journey, and um, it's still to this day I can call if I have an issue with um, in the go with the governor's office. I need to ask them something. I have my contacts there that I can call in the um, speaker's office or even at the corporate level of um, different businesses or in DC or in other states with people that I went to college with and now they're working for governors or big corporations all across the United States so um, it's all about communicating and it's all about having that connection and that network and um, so yeah it, communication is, is so important so yeah. important you know I heard a lot of big time nuggets on it everything you just said right there, a couple of things I wanted to touch on right there is when you talking about the communication and being committed as a leader, you know, nobody's ever been through something like this no. and whatever the next crisis is, nobody will ever be through that either. And if you haven't That's built right. that communication, if you haven't built that team, that network and that That's trust, right. it's going to be much more difficult. But, but like you said, it's, 
as a leader, you're not going to know all the answers and that's okay. That's why you have other team members and you've, you've right. done the work to produce the trust in that too. So, um, and when you, when you talked about the, at the table again, I, I just love that. I think that's awesome, man. That's one of the great things. And one of the things we talk about is, you know, talent gets you into the room. It gets you to the table. It gets you that role, that's right. but it's character that keeps you at the table too, right? That is right. Um, that is right. That's good stuff. Well, uh, Tyler, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. You are actually on the beach and I want you to be able to get back to your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you could just leave one last thing with somebody that, you know, maybe they want to add value. Maybe they want to be a, a part of the community. They want to impact the lives of other people. But that man, they just don't know where to start or what to do. But if you could just leave us with one last parting piece of wisdom, what would that be? Well, I think the biggest thing, Corey, is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Um, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. Um, and you're not going to grow as an individual either through leadership opportunities. Um, personally, you're not going to grow either. Um, uh, as a quick example, <laughs> so Boys and Girls Club, they do Dance Like the Stars every year. And it's a local fundraiser. Um, you're laughing because, you know, you saw me go through the whole process of going through Dance Like the Stars. That is something that I would have never even considered. Um, I watched it through the years of local um, celebrities, I guess you could say, uh, being called upon to, to do this and go through grueling lessons and um to then perform in front of thousands of people and raise all this money. And um, it, that just sounded like a nightmare to me. Nothing about it sounded great. Um, unfortunately, um, I have also realized that you never say never um, <laughs> because as soon as you say never, it's going to happen. So with uh, Dance Like the Stars got called upon said, Hey, we want you to do this. The first year I did say no. So I did, was able to practice what I was preaching just a minute ago and saying no. Um, unfortunately, they came back a second year because they are persistent. And um, I said yes. Um, I felt like the time was right at that time. And um, I will say, Corey, that that was a the most um, rewarding not not even it's not even a, a personal rewarding opportunity but the the people that I was able to connect with and um, that I can now call friends um, the experience of going through something like that of stepping outside of your comfort zone to say that I was going to um, learn a two and a half minute dance routine um, the quick step number one I did not even know what the quick step was um to be committed enough to carve time out of my schedule um to go to an hour-long uh practice with my dance partner at lunch some days throughout the week and then I would go back and that night at seven o'clock to do another practice um we went through 26 hours of lessons Wow. and um throughout those roughly three months to prepare and just thinking back on that opportunity alone 
um, was able to raise well over $45,000 for the Boys and Girls Club of North Mississippi. And um, that's why we were there. That was, that was the reason that we were there. But I did not realize what it would do for me personally um, to feel the feeling that you get whenever you have put that much effort into something. Um, you have put so much time into it, 26 hours into a routine, um, raise over the $45,000 mark. And then to come out there that night and in a room full of individuals that are there to watch other people that had been through the same experience that you had been through and, um, the support that was in that room and, I, I joke and tell people all the time now, I was like, that's not the pinnacle of my life. Like, I don't understand how I'm going to be able to go above that night um, because it was to walk away from that and feel as if you had made a difference. You had made a positive difference. Um, had I not stepped out of my comfort zone and um, I would not have been able to have that experience. Um, so honestly, you're only able to grow whenever you step outside of your comfort zone. And, um, I mean, recently, I guess I can say this too, you know, the, on a personal level, I stepped outside of my comfort zone, tore down some walls, and now I've found roughly the love of my life as well. So, I mean, you know, it's, you, it grows, it's personal and it's professional too. Yeah. So, um it's it's important to just kind of step away and put your personal personal uh stories aside and just move forward with um moving outside that comfort zone and that's awesome and congratulations on that stepping outside of that comfort zone there is no growth in the comfort zone and and honestly Ty, right. it's not, you know it's not even comfortable there it's just what we're familiar with i love that that that's is right advice, you know that is right um Tyler, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, man. You have added a ton of value. You are a leader, and and I think you are a leader that, you know, you set the example, and that's what real leadership is. It's being the type of person other people willfully follow. And you set an example, and, uh, man, I, you know, I think you're doing great. I, I love what you are doing there at the college uh, and in the community, too. You're out in the community, and um, we're looking forward to seeing where God leads you next. Uh, you're, it seems like you're always going through uh, doors you're not even expecting, which is awesome. Um, but Tyler, if somebody wanted to connect with you uh, to find out more about what you're doing or even uh, the, the college there, how would they get in touch with you? And I'll put it in the show notes. For sure. Corey, first and foremost, personal side, my Facebook page, I use it as basically an online resume. Um, I tell our students often, you're, do not put anything on your social media that you would not want your next boss to see. So um, my Facebook page at uh, TW Camp. That is my Facebook link. Um, they can always follow me there. Also, um, on Twitter, it is TWCamp01. Um, put a lot of inspirational quotes on there that I find and also will use. It'll go into that speech, um, the speech file that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, but then also, they can always email me at TWCamp at ICCMS.edu. Um, we'll be glad to help if anyone is interested either A, in coming back to Edwama Community College to further their education, 
um, maybe step back into the workforce development side of things and learn a new skill. Um, we can always direct them in that way. Or if they just want to talk about um, the leadership side of things, I'm always available to this conversation as well. Awesome. Well, Tyler, uh, you've added a ton of value and I thank you again for being on and uh, guys, thanks for taking a listen. Uh, check out Tyler. He is always adding a lot of ton of value on social media and um, feel free to share this episode with a friend or family member and make sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date with any new episodes that come out. You guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself, as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform, and hey, we value your feedback, and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?